Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Sarcasm Speaks. Uh, Jared and Bob here, and uh, I got a I got an opening rant here. Um, I was going to use it as my final thought, but I decided I will again open with a rant, and I will use something else as my final thought. So, um, as I mentioned in a previous episode, uh, I've been playing a lot of Twilight Golf lately. Uh, so I went out last night. And I played at Chamawa. Um, you know, usually if I can get there between six and six thirty, um, I I end up catching the the league anyway. So usually I have to still wait on every tee. Um, you know, somewhere either like the fourteenth or the fifteenth hole. So last night I go, I play, I'm cruising. Now, granted, it's uh it's a like a relatively short part or it's a downhill par four and then a par three, but I played the first two holes in, I think it was 12 minutes. <laughs> so I was cruising. Um, and it, that also helps when you, you know, actually hit good shots, uh, definitely helps pace a play there. Uh, so I get through, um, and I get to, what is that? the that's the 12th hole so i get to the 12th hole that's another like that's a big downhill par four um hit my drive it was kind of a low stinger not on purpose (laughs) it was like it was a fuck up but it ended up being really good um because it caught the edge of the fairway and just ran all the way down the hill um i don't know i had a whatever i had in call it 80 yards or something um I hit the shot on the green and I go, wow, this is great. Uh, a drive that wasn't good, but ended up not killing me. Uh, and my second shot, I'm on the green. Fantastic. So I go to walk up on the green on the 12th hole at Chamawa, and there's a fucking chunk missing out of the 12th green. So, and, and the divot pattern is going like east-west. So obviously there's a, I would imagine most people that listen to this podcast have not played, um, the Chamawa golf course, um, except shout out to, to Nick and Mary, um, local guys, but the 12th hole kind of runs near the 18th hole that the 12th green and the 18th green are basically right next to each other. There's some like trees and fences and shit in the way, but for all intents and purposes, they're right next to each other. So I gathered um, some dickhead hit their ball, you know, four right on their approach shot to the 18th green. And the ball was on the 12th green and they decided to take a wedge and hmm, play it as it lies, right? Oh, those are the rules. And took a fucking chunk out of the 12th green. Probably, I don't know, roughly like four inches, right? So, you know, the the width of a, a golf, the head of a golf club. So I don't know what that is, maybe two and a half inches, three inches by about four inches long. And it's like, what the what the fuck? Like, what kind of uncultured fucking swine does shit like that? Like and I took a I took a picture of it and I sent you I sent it to you on Snapchat and I said uh I think I said something like this cocksucker 
uh, deserves to be hung by their toenails, right? Like now that green is fucking ruined. Well, not, not the whole green is ruined, but like that area of the green is fucked now, right? So like the, uh, the pin placement, right? They're probably only going to be able to put the pin, you know, in the back of the green or on the right side of the green. Cause this, this crevasse, uh, if you will, was on like the front left portion of the green. Um, it's just a dickhead move, right? Like you're an absolute fucking moron. If you're going to hit a wedge off of a fucking green. Uh, do you know what the actual ruling is on your no. ball being on someone else's putting green? I do not. It's actually a penalty to hit it. Really? Yep. If you're on a different putting green, you are not supposed to play that ball. Oh, wow. You get a free drop off the green. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> Probably for reasons like you just explained. Yeah, yeah. And now, again, so Chamawa, it's a it's a <clears throat> small course, right? Like it's short, like lengthwise, it's short. Um, but the one thing I will say is it's a very, very well-kept course. Like the, the grass is always green. Like it's, it's, you know, it's the rough gets thick. Like it's the greens are, are, you know, well taken care of. Like there's never any like brown spots, fucking hard pan, like none of that. Not, it's not Heather Hill, right? Again, the local guys would only get that, but you know, it's, it's, and I mean, obviously it's also not a private course either, right? Like, I mean, like it's, it's great conditions for what it is as a public course that, you know, gets played quite a bit. Um, you know, they have league, I think they have leagues every single night of the week, Monday through Friday, but it's just, it's a very nice course. Again, it costs 27 bucks to play nine holes to walk nine and you can't beat it. Like you literally cannot beat it for any course in this area for what it is, um, for that price. So it just, it just aggravates the shit out of me when I see, when I, when I see shit like that. Right. Cause it's like, you're just a fucking loser, right? Like you're, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm just flabbergasted really that someone at a, a local public course, right, would be like, oh, I have to hit a wedge off the green. Like, what possesses someone to even want to do that, right? Like, because you know, you're obviously not good. You're not a good golfer because you hit it way fucking right. And, and even if you were a good golfer, you and you did hit it right, right? They say you hit a toe shank or something. You wouldn't hit it off the green because you know you don't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> like again, rule or not, it's like courtesy to not do that. Yeah. Cause like I said, now that whole front left section of the green is basically off limits. Yeah. People are, so it's funny. People are just such assholes. It's like everyone's so fucking lazy. It's like, just fucking fix your ball marks and replace your fucking divots. Oh, and I don't know, maybe don't fucking, scalp the fucking green yeah <clears throat> i was with a kid he scalped a green one time but it was completely by accident he missed the putt got pissed went to whack his ball hit it fat oh scalp the green oh 
Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not good. Did he at least put it back? He did, but I mean, like at that rate, like what do you yeah. do? Well, that see, that's the other thing for me too, right? Like if you're gonna hit the wedge and you do leave like a four inch long divot, you're gonna at least put it back because they clearly didn't. It was just dirt. It was literally a, a yeah, four burn, by three. Yeah, a four by three rectangle of dirt. Truthfully, I don't know. I don't know what what makes it grow back faster. Would it be replacing that divot? Because I mean, the one you had was old. Like yeah. that was definitely burnt out. Right. Um. So like, I wonder if like the grounds crew just got rid of it. I don't yeah. know. Like I don't. I don't know how to resurface a green. Yeah. And the greens just got punched like maybe like three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, you can put like micro blades into that to help it like come back a little. Yeah. But it's just time. Yeah. It sucks, right? Like it's it's annoying because, you know, like the greens keep like the grounds crew is going to be like, what the fuck? Now they have to deal with that shit. It's just like you said, it's common courtesy, right? Like. I, I don't know. You're just, you're just a fucking loser. If really, if that's what it comes down to, um, if you're going to try and hit a wedge or any club really off a green, that's not yours. Especially at the amateur level, right? Like there's no the amateur reason. level of fucking recreational level. Yeah. At a recreational level. Yeah. The even better. That's a, a way better choice of words, right? Yeah. Even if you're on a massive green, that's like, 75 feet long and you're on the edge of the you're right on the edge of it you're like oh i could try and put it or maybe i can chip it and get it a little bit closer no you're not fucking chipping it you're not you're not going to chip the ball on the fucking green just because you're 70 feet away like I, you're not doing it like if i was playing with someone that was like about to do that i'd be like you for real gonna do that you're gonna you're gonna chip off the green right <clears throat> like i would say something to him Fuck that. Yeah, I mean, no one knows. Like, I feel fairly confident I could chip off a green and not make a divot, but I also know that there's definitely a risk that I do make a divot. Right. And I, and, and I actually know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just not worth it. Well, there's no point. Yeah. Well, one, again, you're not supposed to, like, by rule. Right. Right. Oh, well, I paid my greens fee. Yeah, I bet you did, man. <laughs> I'm gonna get my money's worth. Cool, yeah. man. You're gonna get all twenty-seven dollars worth. Yeah, fucking dick, whatever yeah. it is, fifty-five if you're if you're playing eighteen. Yeah. So, though, so that that was the one thing, right? That was the twelfth hole. Then I get to thirteen, and I play thirteen. Um, I get to fourteen, and there is a. It's a man and a woman. I can't really see them, but they're on the green because that's the back-to-back par threes. Um, so I get to 14. They're like putting when I'm on the tee box. Not a big deal. Um, I only waited a couple minutes. And then I get to the 15th hole and the turns out it was a, it looked like a son and a mom. Um, the dude, the guy was probably around our age and the woman looked like she was, you know, in her fifties or sixties. Um, either that or she's a cougar and good for you, whatever. But, um, so I walk up to the tee box 
on 15, the sun had already hit and the woman was at the the red tees. And I just kind of stand there and the woman turns around and sees me and then just turns right back around, goes to her tee box, hits their, hits her drive about 75 yards. And then I have to wait probably what felt like almost 10 minutes for her to take three more shots before she was out of my, not my driving range necessarily, but like out of the range of like me being a dickhead hitting my drive to within, you know, 15, 20 yards of her. Right. So then they get on the green. I hit my tee shot and I piped it down the right side of the fairway and I walk up. Now, this is the, I don't know if you remember this. This is the hole that has like the massive valley in it. So you got to walk like down the hill, up the hill. Going back up towards the house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it takes me a, a second, right, to walk up the hill. I'm not going to sprint up the fucking hill. So um, I get up to the top of the hill. I get to my ball and they're still on the green. They're still putting. So I just stand there, whatever, no big deal. They finish up, they walk off, they go over to, um, you know, the, the 16th tee, which is like that massive drop off with the par three. And I hit my second shot, um, a little bit long and right. That's fine. I chip on two putts. I get out of there. And by that time, as I was walking over, to the tee box, the woman had just hit and they were going again. So like I missed them there, but like you could have waited like two minutes for me to walk off the green to the tee box, but they didn't. So whatever. So we get to the 16th hole again, short downhill par three. I wait for them to finish the entire hole, right? Because it's a par three. Um, I hit it just on the fringe on the back end of the green uh put it to like four feet and tap it in par walk off now we get to the 17th tee it's the son and the mom and then in front of them is the end of the league right the their their league guys so they had just hit their approach shots into the green as i was walking over to the 17th tee and I stand there. They don't look at me and I walk a little bit closer <laughs> and uh, the sun turns and goes, Hey man, how you doing? I go, good. How are you? Good, good, good. Yeah. So then uh, the, the mom goes, Oh, beautiful night, huh? Great weather. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a great one. Sun hits his tee shot. Mom walks up to the red tee, hits her tee shot. And uh, I'm still standing there in awe that they haven't said anything. And the son's like, all right, man, um, you know, we'll have a good one. And I go, actually, hold up. Do you guys mind if I just like join in with you for the last two holes? And they just like stopped and looked at each other. And was like, the, the mom was like, uh, yeah, sure. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, you weren't going to let me join. I'm literally standing on the tee box before you even teed off. And you're not going to let me join in with you? That'll let you go through. Usually, yeah, Either to... way, which 
I understand why they wouldn't let me go through because the league guys are in front of them too, right? So I'm not, it's not like I'm going anywhere. Right. Um, but, and neither one of them was that good. Like the, obviously the the mom played like a stereotypical, you know, woman in her fifties and sixties on a golf course, right? Like it doesn't go far, but it stays mostly straight and <clears throat> takes her about three shots to get as far as my one shot. But not that I'm, you know, not that I'm like a, a fucking bomb bomber or anything but you know the kid hit a tee shot into the woods on his first tee shot in 17 hit his second one almost back in the same spot in the woods again not that i've never done any of this either i'm not trying to like poo poo anything but like have some common sense that you know you're not gonna play this hole quickly right like again it comes back to common courtesy common sense like on the golf course like this is what you do you don't hit fucking wedges off of greens ever doesn't matter if they're your green or the the adjacent green and if someone is standing on the tee box behind in the uh, by themselves right as a single and you haven't even teed off yet how hard is it be like hey man you want to just join in with us it's two holes left right and nobody yeah just, yeah hop in no they didn't say a word and when the guy actually talked to me he was like, all right, y'all, see you later, man. And I had to stop him and ask to join their group, to which they reluctantly said yes. So I played with them for 17 and 18. People suck, man. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and people, people like, they, they joke around or they think I'm joking when I say I hate everybody. It's, it's, it's no. It's true. I do hate everybody. Like literally every single person. I hate them. And it's because of shit like that. Right? Like the the golf course last night was a microcosm <laughs> for life in general. Everyone's an asshole and I hate all of them. Pretty much. I mean, that, that basically sums up society. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I did. Sometimes it somehow it still blows my mind. Um, I think that's on you, though. Yeah, I know that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair point. Um, yeah. So fuck everybody. And All everything. right. So on the golf theme, yeah, I have uh, some lighthearted or more lighthearted stories because I played an event yesterday. Nice. So I played at LeBaron, and. Um, just a tour greater Boston event. So I'm going to skip ahead to the 12th hole. I'm five over and I have hit greens eight through 11. So I'm going to four green streak. Yeah. So, um, it's a short par four with a lot of trouble around. Like there's water, there's bunkers, whatever. So first guy goes, hits into a hazard. I go, kind of push it, but I end up finding him in the fairway. Um, and then the two guys after me both hit into a bunker on like almost like near my ball, but my ball didn't have enough gas and just drew enough. So <clears throat> I get up to my ball. The guy in the hazard drops, hits into the hazard again. Meanwhile, 
The second guy spikes his rangefinder and against his cup holder in the cart. Then walks over to his ball, which is a shitty lie in the bunker, and it stays in the bunker. <laughs> the third guy hits his ball out of the bunker into another bunker. <laughs> so now our guy that hit into the hazard and then hit into the hazard again, he has to hit another one. Hits it end up like over the green. So now, like after all that, they're all kind of greenside. And I have an 87-yard shot that I would like to hit well. I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, kind of a lot going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so I hit my wedge. I actually hit it to four feet. Nice. Hit it really good. And the guy gets in, one of the guys gets in the car. He goes, yeah, I kind of felt bad. Like Rome's burning around you and you're just sitting there thinking about that fucking wedge shot, huh? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. So whatever, everyone makes their way in various methods, high numbers, lots of counting, whatever. So fast forward to the 15th hole. And I have now hit every green from hole 8 to 14. And my birdie on 12 has me at 4 over now. Nice. It's been a lot of like, hit the green, 2 putt, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So... I got 197 to the pin on a par five. Wind is coming at me and a little bit to the left. And it's all carry over water. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, well, 197. So not only am I in between hybrids because of that wind, I'm like, I don't know if the four is enough gas. I don't know if the three is too much gas. And if I don't hit it well, I'm wet no matter what. And then I'm sitting there like trying to figure out what to do. Guy with me. He's close by. And he goes, ah, well, you know, give it a run. Grabs his like three wood or five wood or something. Hits it. Wet. But we don't know that it's wet. It just okay. looks like it, yeah. it didn't splash, but we don't know if it's out of the hazard. Right. <clears throat> so I go, fuck it. I go, not only am I not committed to this, I just watched that. I go, give me a wedge, hit it down, left me a wedge in. So we're going by, guy takes his hat, he just throws it out of the car, and he goes, that's my line in case my ball isn't up there. So we drive up, he's looking for his ball, can't find it, I hit my wedge onto the green, we drive back to where his hat is, puts a ball down, hits that, splash. <laughs> puts another one down, hits that, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and like, these these are good players, like. Yeah, yeah. My the 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 people in my group were handicaps were well on the course. You, so pr- pretty much subtract like one one and a half two from these numbers, but it was like a six and eight and like a seven. So and like so their index, even, yeah, it's still single digits. Yeah, even with the adjustment. Yeah, single digits ish. I don't know about the other guy. Maybe he was a twelve on the course, so a ten normally, yeah. something like that. Um. But yeah, 10 or below, we'll call it. And all this shit's fucking happening. So he hits the next one over, rolls that in, crowd-pleasing seven. You know, <laughs> I two-putt, move on with my life. Which brings us to 16. I am still four over par. I have now hit every green from eight to 15. And one of the guys steps up. Hits his ball, kind of pulls it, could be OB. All right. Hits a provisional, pops up a three wood. 
So he's in the middle of the fairway, but he's like a billion yards away. Right. <clears throat> so we drive up looking for that ball. Can't find it. It's probably in a cranberry bog, whatever. So we're sitting by the bunker because that's where my playing partner is. We hear the ball. We hear the buzz. He fucking hit an absolute cold shank from the middle of the fairway and almost hit the guy I was playing with. Holy shit. So now this guy still has probably 175 yards in the bunker. So he hits his bunker shot and it goes long and over the green. At that point, me and my playing partner drive up and like we're moving on. He's still back there because now he thinks that that ball's out of bounds. So he's like in the bunker out of the bunker, in the bunker, out of the bunker, hits another ball, thinking it like hits or hits another provisional. Yeah. That's on the green. But <laughs> the only problem is when we get up to the green, he didn't know it was like a red stake. So now, oh God, with that red stake, so the it was the fifth ball or, or shot number five on this par four was the one that went out of the bunker and gone. Right. So now he's dropping six is the penalty, drop seven right near the green because that other ball is, is, has to be abandoned. Chunks the seventh chip. Oh, God. Chips eight onto the green, two putts for 10. Wow. I hit that green and, you know, missed like an 11 footer. So, um, I was playing with fire all day, so I had some gross tee shots. So I ended up six over for the event. So I was four over at that point. I did finish bogey bogey 17-18. I just uh, didn't get any more luck. I got a lot of luck early on. (laughs) So that same guy that made the 10 on that 16th hole, he rolls in like a 20-footer for birdie on 18. And he just just starts like dying laughing. He I mean, shot, how can you not laugh? He shot 81 with five birdies and a 10. Wow. On one of the holes. Wow. An 81 with a 10. Yep. So that's six. That's so he shot nine over par for the event, was six over just on the 16th hole. And yeah, five birdies. Yeah. That's uh, that's absolutely insane. Psychotic. Yeah, that is a psycho scorecard. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, not for nothing. It's like I got all this shit going on around me, and it was like I knew I was playing okay. Yeah. Like the thing that the thing that was weird though is like I was hitting my tee balls kind of skanky, so it's like I never felt like I was like really dialed in. Right. I just felt like kind of lucky, and then I was like hitting all these greens. Cause I ended up hitting like 12 greens and I think that's what nine in a row, eight in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I hit nine in a row, but I parred them. Oh, I know I made one birdie. So I only made one birdie cause everything was like 24 feet. Right. But yeah, I got all this shit going on around me. And then with like, we were even like running into like, we ran into so many fucking rules things. Like, thank God I had one of the fucking guys that like runs the tour of great Boston with me. Because then it's like, 
it's weird because it's like if you so like if you're in a hazard or no i guess if you hit from anywhere and you think your ball you think your ball is going to be lost or ob you can hit a provisional right and then if that ball does turn out to be lost your provisional turns into the third shot uh, if it's off the tee, yeah. So you have to take, um, you got to take a stroke in distance. So if if you hit your like approach and it goes three is the penalty, you hit four from the exact same spot. Um, so now you're effectively it ends up being like a two stroke penalty for right. for lost ball OB. But if you hit a provisional for a lost ball OB ball. And then you get up there and discover a hazard that you didn't know existed. Then I guess this is what just what I've been told. I don't know. I guess then you can now take the hazard drop. So you don't have to play the provisional. You abandon the provisional. And then so say your second ball went in the hazard. Now it's three is your penalty. So now you're hitting four by the green instead of four from the previous place you played from. So you say you end up saving a stroke. Yeah, but I, yeah. I I guess there's this ambiguity in the rules where you have to be completely unaware of a penalty area in order for this to be enacted. But then I've heard I heard some of the guys at the gym today say, "No, it's your responsibility to know where the penalty areas are." I'm like, "This is fucking insane. This is absolutely fucking insane." Which yeah. is <laughs> one of the annoying things about golf rules. Like, that's like one guy's interpretation of it. I don't know if it's right. 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 And I don't know if he's wrong. And then someone else in a qualifier, or whatever, is going to agree or disagree with me. Like, I have no clue. Right. Um, but yeah, so we had, we did, we dealt with that on 17. We dealt with that on 12. We dealt wow. with that on 16. Like, <laughs> fucking God. It was just like fucking shit flying everywhere. Yeah. Fucking crazy. <clears throat> That's nuts. <laughs> but hey, yeah. and I, ended up, I ended up finishing second. So hell yeah, that's pretty tech, solid. I think on a technicality, but <laughs> yeah, I was I was only nine shots behind the winner. Oh yeah, you know whatever. Fucking boat raced, holy shit! Yeah. Uh, so that means he well he was someone shot three par? under. Yeah, three I was under. gonna say the only person under par. Well, yeah, I mean so. The way that the scoring goes, like if all things like so I ended up placing second. Mm-hmm. I had the third best gross score. But the way that they do payouts and placing and shit, if you have a good net score, you move to the net division and it's Oh yeah. It's, yeah. So it's like so the dude that finished better than me had would have gotten more out of the net competition. So he got second net. Right. Instead of second gross, which pushed me into first gross. I'm right. sorry, second second gross, second gross. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, that's not so bad. It works out. I think I got and I got a skin on that birdie when fucking Rome was burning around me. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I was fucking. I was fucking dying. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's funny that the guy said that too. Oh, Rome's kind of burning. And you're just sitting here thinking about that wedge shot. Yeah, well, I'm all, I am friends with that guy, so it's oh, or okay. I'll take, I, I am friendly with him. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's not like he just like out of nowhere. Yeah. Because that would annoy me. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, I know you guys are playing like shit. Please, please don't draw attention to it. (laughs) Like, and when I say like I'm hanging on because of my T-balls, I was fucking razor's edge all day. I just happened to get away with it for every hole except two, six, 17, 18. (laughs) So obviously two of those happened at the end. Two of those happened early. Like I was fucking flirting with it. Right. Quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, uh, it's been a while since we've talked about this next thing. Uh, but I did want to bring it up because we've been we've been following it. Um, so the latest on the student loan payment stuff. So um, the gist of it is the actual student loan like forgiveness is still sitting with the Supreme Court. Um, the verdict should be provided. I believe sometime this month um, is what it was estimated back in February when they first heard the course. So imagine that they they hear it in February and they're like, "Yeah, we'll get you a ruling by June." So oh, yeah, B- busy guys. Yeah, I guess they're kind of busy or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so again, sometime this month, hopefully, you know, we'll get a we'll get a ruling one way or the other. I mean, realistically. I mean, I've been pretty open about this. It doesn't really affect me. Obviously, it would be great to get free money. Um, but if it doesn't go down, whatever. Like I still pay my share. I've been I've still been paying every month what I would normally pay. So nothing has changed for me. Um, but where this update comes in is this uh this whole debt ceiling thing. So I don't know if you've heard about this, if people talk about it in the gym or not, but uh, <clears throat> the United States has a, uh, well, obviously they have a debt problem, um, but there is a debt ceiling, basically, um, that we are approaching. And we've approached it many times in the past. And every single time, everyone threatens to shut down the government over it. We're not going to sign this. We're not going to do that unless we fix the debt problem, whatever. And then both sides come together to an agreement and they raise the debt ceiling, right? So the United States just keeps accruing more and more debt. Um, I want to say, I'm literally making this number up, but I I think it's somewhere around $31 trillion um, that the United States has in, in debt. So... What that means, I have no fucking clue. Um, who do we owe the debt to? I don't know. Because it, it, I've also heard it's as simple as they could just mint a coin. Remember we talked about that a few months ago? Oh, they can just mint a coin that's worth this X amount of value, and then all the debt goes away. But then it causes inflation. But we've been dealing with inflation anyway. So it's like, who, who the fuck knows? I don't know. I don't have time to, to become an economist. Um, but- there is the we are approaching the debt ceiling, right? And that is a that is a legitimate thing. Um, you know, I don't know when we're gonna hit that. And I think the <clears throat> the fallout is that if we hit it and we do nothing or we go over it, then the United States would default on some of its debt payments, which I don't think has ever happened in the history of the country. I don't think the United States has ever defaulted on a payment. 
Um, well, <clears throat> if there's anyone that can, yeah. I would expect 2023 version to be able to do it. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, but then it's like you hear both sides of it. Some people say it would be a good thing because it would be like a massive reset. Some people will say it would be the worst thing ever and it would fucking destroy the country and all this other stuff. And it's like, I don't know, the truth probably is somewhere in the middle, right? Like I, I would imagine it would be good to have some sort of reset, but like even, I mean, this, it wouldn't be the first time the economy fell apart, right? Like it wouldn't be even, wouldn't even be the first time in the last 20 years. <laughs> That it fell apart. You know what I mean? Well, that's the let, thing is like, let alone who, the Great like, Depression. Like, so my thing, my thing too is, it's like, who the fuck do you owe thirty-one trillion dollars to? That's got to be other countries, right? I believe so. Yeah. So if yeah. you owe it to other countries and you just go, "Hey, we're gonna default," like we're gonna do like country bankruptcy. Yeah. And it's like you can have nothing because that's it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, and I mean, it would have ramifications across the globe too, right? Like, because then those countries wouldn't get their money and whatever. They're never so. getting their money. It's $31 trillion. Oh, yeah, that's true too. How the fuck does that get paid off? Yeah, it doesn't. The answer is is that it doesn't. Um, <clears throat> so regardless, they need to come to an, some sort of agreement about what they're going to do. So Republicans have weaseled their way into an agreement with the Democrats to prevent the default. However, they have included a provision in this agreement about the student loan repayment pause, uh, which is why I just brought it up to start this, this little segment, if you will, if you would call it. So under this new deal, the student payment, student loan payment pause is quote unquote gone. <laughs> So part of this deal, getting the Republicans to agree to sign it, was that once the bill is signed, 60 days later, payments are due. And as they fucking should. Yeah. And also, I believe um, there may also, I, I don't really understand a ton of it. I haven't seen any, any of it. I'm going off of like bits and pieces that I found from different places, but I think there might be a provision in there that prevents Biden from extending it again. So regardless, right, um, of this provision being in this this agreement this you know whatever you call it debts debt agreement um as it was ruled on originally by the Biden administration was that the student loan payment pause was set to end when the supreme court gave a ruling or on June 30th of 2023, whichever comes first, right? That was the that was how it was written, is whichever comes first. So I'm sorry, 60 days after that. So at most, the the loan repayments would have to start 60 days after June 30th, which would have been the month August. of se September. Yeah. Right. It, so beginning September 1. Um, everyone would have to start paying their loans again. 
now they're just saying that whenever this bill gets signed, 60 days after that, payments will have to start. And people are like flipping out. And it's like, you guys don't understand how this works. Like, okay, cool. You like, you know, you lost, I don't know when it's going to get signed, right? But say you lost 26 days, right? Like, like, or you also have no idea when the Supreme Court was going to rule on it. So like the Supreme Court could have ruled on it on like June 7th, right? And if, and if on June 7th, they ruled that, know what Biden did to forgive $20,000 in student loans for some people, 10,000 for most people, uh, is unconstitutional. You cannot do that. Well, then it would be 60 days after June 7th that you would have to start paying, which would be August 7th, right? So like, I, it, again, the, the common theme to this episode today is that everyone's an asshole and I hate them. Um, people are like losing their minds over the fact that they're going to have to start repaying their student loans in August versus September. It's like the shit was coming anyway. Like you've also had over three years, right? Of not having to pay your student loans. I think the original pause was put in, in March of 2020. So you're looking at three and a half years of not having to pay your student loans. What have you been doing in that three and a half years? Fucking off. Yeah. Spending your money on other shit. So regardless, sometime in August, um, we're going to have to start repaying our loans, which again, me personally, I don't really give a shit because I've been paying them the whole time. <laughs> so it's just business as usual for me. Yeah. You just can't bring down that principle much or as much. Yeah. Which is a bit of a bummer, but I mean, hey. Whatever. I mean, they're going to be fucking, this is the thing though. They're going to be fucking due at some point. Right. Like, right. Somehow, some way, somewhere, the fucking, the bill will be due. Yeah. Bill you're comes due eventually. You're going to have to pay for them. May as well get it over with. Yeah. Or really, you should have been doing it the whole time. Yeah. Which is, again, what I did. I know we've talked about it before on the show, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the math behind it about how much money I've actually saved myself. Well, there was one day on the show where we estimated that you had already saved yourself in between two and three thousand. I know right. that's a little bit of a range, but like, yeah, just by paying your bill normally, you saved. Yeah, you saved yourself. And I think I actually think that that was just in the time. I forget how we calculated that. Because that would have been just in the time of the payments to that point, right? Because then you would have to extrapolate into the future. No, well, so that, I was, yeah, that money. I think we did with it, compound I, interest. You know what I mean? Like that think, money over time. I think we figured out how much. I forget how we did the math, but I, I, I know I wouldn't have, I've, I wouldn't have allowed math. That would have been like, oh, well, normally in interest, it's 100 bucks a month, and I've been paying for the last 36 months. That's $3,600 in savings. It's like, no, it's not because no one had to pay at the time. Right, right. I think we calculated how much you brought your balance down in the time and then figured out the interest on that amount of money. Okay, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, and again, we, we 
we've talked about this before. So anyone that's been listening long enough, sorry for the repeat, but um, like I've, I've brought my balance down to the point where I, there is no interest on any of the loans. Right. So like the payments that I make every month go directly towards principal. Like I don't, I don't have a, a balance of interest on any of my loans that I have. Like I've paid the interest portion off of the, of those loans. So I mean, obviously, they will start reaccruing interest yes. in in August, but they've come down to a point where even still, when when they start accruing, my minimum monthly payment will cover all of the interest accrued plus a chunk of the principal as well. Yep. So, I mean, I've accelerated my... Um, my payoff date by, I don't, I, I don't know, uh, at least three and a half years, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, not, not technically. Cause that would imply it depends. It depends on how much interest you were paying. Um, or what the, what the rate, I guess what the ratio was of like principal to interest. Yeah. Because you may have been, I don't know if you, oh, I mean, again, I don't, it doesn't really matter. I don't know if you were chip. I assume you were chipping away at principal in 2020. Yeah, I think I was by I 2020. Um, so yeah, if you were chipping away at um principal and interest before then, it's not going to be a full three and a half years less time, but it might be 18 payments. Yeah, 20 payments. It could be that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I guess over the these next two weeks, um, what goes down between them signing the 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 debt ceiling bill and what the Supreme Court was going to say too, right? Like we don't know. But I mean, we're recording this for the future too. By the time this comes out, I think this is this is next Thursday's episode. Um, so we're a week in the, when you guys are watching this on YouTube, after you click the subscribe button and, and like everything, um, we're a week in the past for you right now. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's right. So, so by the time this comes out, you know, this could all be, we could have some more clarity, right? Like we could, maybe the Supreme court has already come down with their ruling. I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> but you know, there could be some more information available. Um, so we'll see, but interesting that we're finally here. The, the student loan debt payment thing is, is done. The pause is over. Um, time to get back to work kids and start fucking paying for you, paying your bills, right? You well, pay, dude, pay your fucking bills. I think we're starting to see a little bit of, I don't know if it's normalcy or if it's at least like the repercussions now as a 33 year old. I, I I'm not gonna get hit with the repercussions of the last three years as hard as other people will. Um, like I know you got like you got you sent over someone sent over like the housing shit. Like yeah, for investors in housing, things might get rough pretty soon. Yeah. Um, that's not me. I'm not a real estate investor. Although I might buy into some R E I T's. R yeah. R E I T's, yes. Yes. Real estate. Um, 
if Real things estate fucking, investment trusts. Yes, if they really bought them out, we're on sale. Um, yeah. that's not financial advice. I'm just an idiot. Um, <laughs> but it's like, okay, so housing's looking a little shitty. Like the market's been shitty. It actually was like rebounding a touch. I don't know what the fuck that's worth. Yeah. Um, sounds like people are like working. Like I'm thinking like, cause I, I mean, obviously I deal with the kids, like they're out looking for jobs again. Their parents are making them at least look for jobs again. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems like some of the shit that should happen kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I saw an interesting point. Um, so I originally found out about this agreement on the debt ceiling with the student loan stuff on Twitter. And then I subsequently like perused Twitter and then found some articles online um, to kind of piece it all together. But someone commented on Twitter on the original post that I saw and said that this is the beginning stages of the economic collapse. And I thought it was super interesting how he described it. So we, he mentioned already the housing market, right? That, and the thing that I sent to you, he didn't mention the thing I sent to you specifically, but he said the housing market is already declining. And now he said, to be fair, the thing, the thing you sent me was, was real estate, real estate investors. Yes. Investors, which people are going to look at housing prices are down. Yeah. Real estate investing interest rates are too high. Anyway. Right. Right. So he mentioned the housing market is falling. And now he said these people, I think he said the average, um, the average student loan payment is roughly like $350 a month for people. So now he goes, the the housing market's already failing. Now people are going to have to spend $350 on average a month starting August moving forward. He goes, that's $350 per person per month that no longer gets pumped into the economy. And he made the argument in this Twitter thread that the economy has been artificially inflated for the last three years. And he gave like a bunch of examples why, but he said one of them was the student loan payment pause, that this isn't money, right? This $350 a month isn't actual money that people should be spending on stuff, right? Because if you give people extra money, they're going to spend it on shit, right? It's like, that's that's how everyone always says, oh man, when I was in college or, you know, when I was 23 years old and I was making $30,000 a year, I have no idea how I made ends meet because now I'm 47 years old and I make $92,000 a year and I barely make ends meet, right? It's like people will yeah. shrink and expand their lifestyle to accommodate how much money they have. Like very rarely are you going to find someone that live that makes $92,000 a year living a $45,000 a year lifestyle, right? Like it just, it, it's out there and it, it definitely exists, but it's rare. So you have these people that essentially have been given a free $350 a month over the last three and a half years. And now that's going away, right? So now people aren't going to have the money to, you know, 
go to Home Depot and buy shit to improve their homes or, you know, save, you know, quote unquote, save a, a couple months for a down payment for a new car, right? It's like that $350 a month now gets taken away and it gets pulled out of the economy. And I think I saw that the factor is 17 and a half million dollars per month, right? Like, so all of the people that have student loans at $350 a month, I think it come it it comes out to 17 and a half million, or maybe it's 17 and a half billion. I don't oh, so I 17 and a half million doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot. It might be 17 and a half billion dollars. Um, yeah. That's going to now come out of the economy. And I, I read through that and I was like, wow, that is like a really well thought out point. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's a really good point. Yes, it does. So I do like the point. It does have its flaws. Like that 17 yes. billion number. There's no way it's that high because no. You're continuing to pay. There's other, if you and I, if you and I, the two fucking dumb fucks, can figure out to hey continue paying these fucking things, right? Then there's plenty of people that sat there and go, yep, still paying them, right? There's also some people that might have been like, mm, well, I don't have to pay them, but you know, I've been saving or I've been moving money around, and the second that interest comes back right out, like a week before, I'm just gonna fucking drill the balance, right? Like, right. there's definitely people who did this now 75% of people definitely didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, or I don't know what the number is, but like a good amount of people, I would say more than half, more than half, definitely more than half. Like there are some people that are truly fucking stupid and you know, and it's like, it sucks because they have to get lumped in with people who don't know better. Like, cause genuinely some people don't know better. Right. And I don't know whose fault that is, but you know, it's hard when you're 18 years old and you sign up for fucking student loans and it's like, yeah, no one really you, explains no, that. So n- none of you assholes will let me fucking buy a beer in a fucking store, but I can do this shit and no one's going to explain it to me. <laughs> Sick. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I can't you go buy control beer, but I can, every aspect of my life I can sign up for a twenty thousand dollar loan. Yeah, you still I can't rent a car. I can't buy a beer. Actually, you can't buy tobacco in a lot of places now, too. That's yeah. 21 in a lot of spots. Can't enter a casino. But I can put myself 100K in debt. Yeah. On the low end, 25 a year. So I actually, I found the tweet. It's from Wall Street Silver. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. I think that's Um, usually okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a decent follow. And the other thing too is like, I understand trying to make like make a point. It's just like, I'm arguing semantics. 17 billion is just too high. Yeah. But if you call it fucking 10, is it any fucking different? No. No. So. Chip away at that 31 trillion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's part of the reason why the Republicans wanted that stipulation in there is because then that money comes into the government, right? Yeah. So the actual numbers are there's 40 million people that <laughs> that owe some sort of student loan. The average is $393 per month. So uh, it is 157 billion dollars per month estimated right with again favorable math but yes right right yeah because the other thing too is like let's not forget this part if so like, like cut it down to like almost in half nine. right yeah cut yeah cut it to nine yeah 
right? Nine, $9 billion a month is going to get pulled out of the economy starting in August. Yeah, but that so yes. So this is a very in a vacuum argument, right? Because if because now let let's say this goes down the road where housing does start to like tank. Well, the investors are right back in again because now the property values are lower so that right. they can take it higher interest. Like a lot of this is cyclical. It's never gonna be like, it's like N Netflix. equals one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never gonna be like N equals one. Like Right. It's hey, it's like hey, the math is it's estimated that fifteen point seven billion dollars is the average monthly income from student loans. Since for three years, fifteen point seven billion has only been going to the economy and not into student loans. Like that's not true, and it's like there are trade offs. Now, there is going to be a fucking problem. Like I'm not trying to sit here and be like, yeah, everything will be fine. <laughs> no, there's yeah. going to be some fucking problems. Right. Like there absolutely will be. But it's not going to be so much like the student loan math is this and it's all going to the economy because it is fucking not. Right. You are not the only person that's not just pumping that money blindly into the fucking economy. But then it's like, you know, things adjust. So it's like, theoretically, I could punch pump a bunch of money back into the stock market if it fucking tanks again. Like, yeah, I could do that. And that sum of money would be money that would be sitting in my fucking bank account if I wanted to do so. And right. I won't be the only person that thinks like that. And there'll be people who think about like buying, again, buying properties, commercial properties, housing properties, fucking Dan the window man will be fucking <laughs> swimming in it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fucking crazy. There's going to be fucking rehabs everywhere. But like, um, it's not going to be so, like no one can predict it like that. It's like, oh, right. well, we're losing $15.7 It's like, no, that math doesn't work. Right, right. It's not an equal, like you said, it's not N equals one, right? Yeah. It's because there's always a trade off. Now, again, we're still fucked, but like, <laughs> again, you know, fucked to the tune of whatever. And some people, it, it opens up an opportunity for some people. And that's like the one thing that, like, again, like as a, I guess, privilege young privilege i'm using young privilege now <laughs> but like as a 33 year old like go ahead if shit fucking if shit fucking goes south you know i can be frugal and i can just fucking pounce on stock market things right and i'm in right. a way better position to do it than i was in 2020 and even then i did take advantage of that sale too yeah Oh, it's not low enough. Yeah, yeah, it's never low enough. Yeah, it's not low enough. It's got to go lower. <laughs> and you got to hold it, you know, you got to hold it long enough. Yeah, you too, don't want capital gains. Yeah, you don't want to pay that 30% tax on a $120 investment. Yeah. You, only, you want to only want to pay that 15% tax. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Hopefully it's going to be- commercial properties tank. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then you guys can fucking buy something, right? That would be, that would be, that would be nice. Um, so I saw this other thing. Well, I'll get one more thing just cause I'm, it's interesting to me before we wrap things up here. Um, so I saw this on Twitter as well. 
and I found, I took me some like digging and connecting. So like on Twitter, someone tweeted a link to an article for like, I don't know, whatever, I call it the New York Times or the Washington Post or something. And I went on there and they were like, according to like this study by these people. So then I had to like click on that link to go to some other thing. And then they were like, this study was done by this person. I had to follow like four chains of the link to find the actual study. Because again, I don't want to read it four chains down the line. I want to read it from the people that actually produce the study. So the study was that raising a child can cost more than $30,000 per year in the United States. So granted, I see that headline on Twitter and with a child on the way in a couple months, it's interesting to me. And I go, that seems a little high. <laughs> so that's when I, I, I do my, res my researching the research and I find the original article um, by the people that put it together. And it was by a company or a website called Smart Asset. Um, no idea of anything about them, what they do, but they just produced this thing. So they um, they calculated the cost of raising one child in 381 metro areas across the United States, considering the extra, extra costs of food, housing, childcare, healthcare, transportation, and other necessities when a two-adult household adds a child. So they list out all these things, right? The the again, if you if you Google smart asset, you know, raising a child costs more than $30,000 a year, you'll find this article. Um so number 1 in the list is San Francisco, uh where they estimate it costs over $35,000 a year to raise a child. Uh fourth on the list is Barnstable on the Cape in Massachusetts uh, at just over $33,000 a year. And then right behind them, fifth on the list, they actually include three um, three neighboring cities, I suppose you would call it, of Boston, Cambridge, Newton um, is just over $32,000 a year. They estimate it costs to raise a child. That's going to be Barnstable County, a.k.a. the whole Cape. Yeah, it says Barnstable Town. The town of fucking Barnstable? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. There's no... So... Let me... Let me... I need to... Let me continue. This This is this is what I'm getting at here. So they go through... I forget where, like... They, they have the least expensive places to raise a child. It's like Tennessee, yeah, South, Gary, South Carolina, Indiana. Alabama... Like Gadsden, Alabama, Morristown, Tennessee is the cheapest place in the country, according to these people, and it costs $14,000 a year. So here's my gripe with this, because I read this article. Fucking stupid. Um, and I think it's full of shit. It truthfully. is. I'm telling so, you right now it is. So how they determine this is they they looked at childcare, housing, healthcare, transportation, food, and then something called other necessities. So their data and methodology section, let me read that to you really quick. Um, the data is as of 2022, Smart Asset used MIT living wage calculator data to compare the living costs of a household with two adults and one child to that of a childless household with two adults. 
So they literally included housing costs for people that are two people with no kids and two people with one kid. So right off the bat here, I can tell you this is a bullshit study because you're going to include the housing costs that you would have to pay regardless. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying is like your house that you currently live in. Yeah. Your increase in housing costs is $0. Exactly. Like if my mortgage is $1,000 a month and I have a child, my mortgage is still $1,000 a month. Right? Like it that that doesn't go up just because I had a kid, right? So there's so many flaws in this fucking study. Again, when I read it and I saw they were like, oh, in Boston, it costs over $30,000 to raise a child. No, you know what else is really fucking expensive in Boston? Rents and mortgages and homes, right? So like, yes, obviously it's going to theoretically cost more if you include the cost of housing because housing, Boston is one of the most expensive fucking places in the country to live. So just based off of housing alone, it's going to be at the top of the list. But again, whether or not I have a child, it's not like it's not like having a pet. You know what I mean? Like when you rent an apartment, if you have a pet, they charge you like an extra 50 bucks a month for a dog or like 30 bucks a month for a cat. It's not like your mortgage company goes, oh, you're having a child. Oh, we're going to have to add $300 to your mortgage. Like this is how that shit works. Like your mortgage is your mortgage, whether or not you have kids or not. Whether you have seven kids or no kids, it's still the same amount of money. Your mortgage company does not give a shit how many kids you have. So I, I, just, I just don't understand where any of this shit comes from, right? The, the only thing that is actually like an increased cost is childcare. Right. And like full, right? Like you probably have to, yeah, you, but you gotta buy some more food. So maybe you spend, but even, you know, maybe you spend an extra 75 bucks a week or something. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, I mean, that's nominal compared to what childcare costs, but that's your true increase in cost, right? Is childcare. I think everyone knows that. But like, like this study, again, to claim that it costs over $30,000 a year to in expenses, right, to, to raise a child, I think is absolutely asinine. And anybody that reads that and believes it is like, is a dumbass. They should have actually, if they really wanted to make it seem even more expensive, they could have. They could have taken what four years of $80,000 school would be, so $320,000. And you yeah. got 18 years to earn it. So divide that by 18. That's add that in now. Right. Right. What is that? Almost 20K a year? Probably. Yeah. A little less, 15. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's actually not 32. It's 49. Yeah. Because <laughs> you need to pay for four years of $80,000. Yeah. Cool. So then obviously, too, in the comments on Twitter under the original article, everyone, and this is like, this is the like the interesting part where I, I find like the psychology interesting of this stuff. Because a lot of people in the comments were like, this is why I'm not having kids or like, this is a great reason to never have kids or why would I have kids? I would rather spend that money on myself. 
right? Like a lot, a lot of people said, I would rather spend $30,000 a year on myself. And it's like, it's super interesting because we have these, again, not to go down like a rabbit hole, a psych rabbit hole on this, but we have these media outlets that like pump up this stuff, right? That it's like, oh, well, if you live in Boston, it's going to cost over $30,000 a year to raise a child. And then so what does like the average dum-dum look at? They're like, well, I would rather spend $30,000 a year on me, right? Like I could take a vacation for that. When in realistically, we just talked about the, that those numbers are fake, right? It's not actually accurate. Um, it's encouraging people to not have kids. And now the birth rate is super low for the entire world, actually, let alone just the United States. Um, I, I know Elon Musk has talked about this all, all frequently, that the declining birth rate is, uh, is a legitimate problem. Because, you know, if you extrapolate over the next hundred years, who the fuck is going to be left? You know, if, if, you know, the, we are, we don't hit our replacement rate. Right. So it's interesting. It, there's a lot of interesting things there. And I don't know, maybe if you give Vinny enough time <laughs> on Twitter, he could find some conspiracy that like George Soros is behind it all. That like, because he fucking hates the United States and, you know, wants people to not have kids. So the replacement rate drops and the United States weakens because we run out of people in 150 years. It, who knows, right? But like, some of that stuff is is fun to play around with. But I, I find it super interesting. Again, as someone who's about to have a child, um, that there's this like information like being pumped out there that incorrectly, right? That it costs in some places over $30,000 a year just to raise a child when that's completely false. So it's interesting, right? Again, I actually have skin in the game on this one. So people are dumb and I hate yeah. everybody. Yep, they are. Yep. Well, uh, that being said, you want to wrap this up? Yep. Mine will be very got? quick. Um, so speaking of common courtesy earlier, put your fucking grocery cart away. If you're at the dollar store, put the fucking cart somewhere. Yep. Because you could be the person that's driving down a busy road and the shopping cart actually um, rolls down a driveway and you fucking run into it while driving your car. Now, again, if you're the person who leaves a shopping cart out, probably not going to be you. It'll be somebody else's problem. So why give a fuck about that? Right. Um, yeah, I saw that. I saw that the other day. Shopping That's cart. pretty solid. Just leaving the Dollar Tree. Just took the ramp down. Some woman went and stopped it. I'm like watching it. I go, someone's going to fucking drill this thing. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm like walking towards the windows as if I'm going to fucking do something. All I'm going to do is get hit by a fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, I'm going to have the shopping cart and like, and then what? Yeah. <laughs> but some lady grabbed it. So that was good. That was, that was a nice, um, nice display of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Because people couldn't put, because A, you needed a fucking shopping cart at the dollar, dollar store. And then yeah, how much stuff are you buying? Dude, people buy a shitload of stuff in there. Holy shit. Yeah. Like a ton. 
<laughs> one metric shit done. How much? And how much is that? Like you know, sixty bucks. <laughs> Imagine spending sixty Every, bucks. At everything's the dollar a buck twenty-five. Yeah, inflation, man. Dollar Tree doesn't get as far as it used to. Yeah, dollar twenty-five store. So put your shit away. Don't yeah. be a fucking cunt. Yeah, don't be a fucking piece of shit. Uh, all right. So my final thought is um, <clears throat> to piggyback on the or to reconnect, however you want to say it. Uh, for my opening thought of golf, when we were talking a little bit about golf. Um, so last night when I played Chimawa, um, I shot and I, I texted you this. Um, and I sent you my stats too, but I shot a five over, uh, which is a 37 there. Cause again, the, the back, I played the back, um, and the back nine there has four par threes and no par five. Um, so it's a par 32 on the back. Um, again, shorter course, like I've, like I've said multiple times, but so I shot a 37, I shot a five over last night, played pretty well, right? Again, it, I'm feeling good about, about my golf game right now. So today I had some, I had a chunk of time in the middle of the day. So I was actually able to get out and play, um, at like 11 o'clock today. So I go out and I played the front. And I shot four over on the front with a birdie. Um, I hit four out of the nine greens that I played. So I just felt fucking great. Like the, the game just like, it feels better. It feels easier. Um, and I think I'm, I, I think I might be okay at golf. This is, this is not, this attitude is not going to work. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this isn't, this is, this I is know problem. that this doesn't count. This isn't how it works. And it's complete bullshit other than me just making myself feel better because obviously you can just cherry pick this and do whatever. However, because it was last night and today, if you combine the two scores from the back nine that I played last night and the front nine that I played this morning, that is a 77. So for the first time, again, I know it really doesn't actually count, but for the first time ever, that would, that would have me breaking 80 on a golf course. And it, it's a, it's a par what it's a par 67 seven so it would be a 10 over right um so again you, there's there's asterisks all over the place here right it's yeah this is a, like this is almost like hole in one on a par three type of uh controversy. yeah yeah it's not it's not a consecutive 18 it's a par 67 course like so I, I know like me sitting here being like, oh, I would have shot under 80, but you know, had I played a consecutive 18, would I have broken 80? I don't probably not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you can add in for fatigue, right. As, as you go through, but if you tack on four or five more strokes, then that would have been like an 81 or an 82. And I absolutely would have been thrilled if I went out in a consecutive 18 and shot an 82. Right. Like that's, that's fantastic. 
Um, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. So I had similar to what you said when you hit a, you hit a shot to four feet. So today on the sixth hole, um, I played with these two kids that are, I don't know, they're probably in their like mid to late twenties. Um, they weren't super good. Like one of them, one of them could hit the ball really far, but it was literally like two fairways over. Um, and the other kid just wasn't good, but we were on the green on the tee at the sixth hole, which if you remember is like the super short. Oh, I don't four. like that hole. Yeah. It's you got woods. on The, the play left, is just hit it at the right. green, right? Yeah. So it's woods on the right. Uh, obviously OB with the fence and it's like a 260 yard or less, depending on where the tee boxes are. Um, but you've got a hazard to the left of the green. And then you've got a bunker. There's a hazard on left the right, of the green too. on the right side of the green. Yeah. It's red stakes. So I remember the water short and like, uh, yeah, dumb hole, Mary. Yeah. It's a, it's a dumb hole. Um, so we're there and there's, there's, you know, old dudes playing in front of us. They're on the green and those two kids are doing what everyone does on that hole. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to try and drive the green. I'm like, I do whatever. So I pull a six iron and I crank a six iron down there. It trickles off. Does that go past the water? Like the water, right? Uh, it's woods, right. And like OB there's a fence. Uh, There's no water there. No. There's a giant hill on the left. Yes. Yeah. Massive oh, so hill on the trees. left. It's not water on the right. Yeah, it's trees. Oh. I mean, there's there's marsh to the right of the tee box. No, that's not. But what like, once you get to the fairway, it's just trees. Oh, uh, okay. Then I, yeah, I don't I don't remember that hole. Um. So I hit six iron. It goes down. It trickles off the left side of the fairway into the rough, and I have seventy five yards to the pin. So I go, okay, all right, let me, you know, I'll pull, I have 75, I feel pretty good with that number. I uh, pull a 56 and I take a schwack at it and it goes right for the fucking pin. And so I, it's probably the, the, uh, you know, the undulations on the green. TV but, doesn't do it justice. But from where I was, it appeared as if there was side spin on it. Again, it probably just bounced off the fucking whatever mound was, was where it landed on the green. Uh, and it went a little bit sideways and literally left me a four foot putt for birdie, which I hit. And that was my only birdie of the day. So it's like one of those holes that again, it's super short and everyone that walks up to it wants to just pull driver and hit driver down there and get it there. Oh, I'm going to drive the green. But I am trying to play smarter, right, with the game. So I go six iron, wedge to four feet. Now, not that I'm going to hit the fucking wedge to four feet every time, but I think the play on that hole is six iron, wedge, get it on the green, and then, you know, Two putt, one putt, depending on how close it is, and get out of there. Have call it, have a have a day. Because once you hit, once you pull driver, now you're bringing 
all of the OB on the right into play. You have the hazard to the left of the green, right? Like there's a bunker on the right side of the green. It's just a fucking mess down there. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull this up fast enough on the GPS, but I'm guessing that for most golfers, there's no way that first hole is 330. No fucking Is that right? 330? Um, Maybe depending on where the tees are. Yeah. Okay. These are back. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not that insane. There is, like, according to this little GPS thing, there is water on six. It's a little creek, but. <laughs> Where's the creek? On the right. Can you see this? Or is it too, too shitty? Kinda. No, I can kind of see it. Um. Oh, little creek. Yeah, that's, that's the, the right. OB. Yeah. But there is a creek there. Because I'm like, dude, I'm like, I think I remember that hole. Because the, na- the fairway is like super narrow, which I see. Yeah, it is. Would you say it usually plays like you think like 245 middle, depending on the pin? Yeah, depending on the pin. Yeah, man. I mean, the right play there is whatever fucking ball keeps the fucking thing in play. Because frankly, this is like too narrow to like really fit a strategic like ideology or a method like bombing it doesn't really seem to help you out that much in this fucking trouble all along the right so right whatever makes the most sense yeah yeah it's also technically the hardest hole in the course it's the one handicap which i don't think is as accurate right i mean whatever i don't know whatever the the fucking shit it is that they use to go in to calculate that stuff but i don't know i think there's holes like i think the 18th hole is i think probably, the one is probably the hardest hole in the course i heard i heard somewhere and i don't know if this is correct um i heard that the number one handicap has got to be on the front really huh so i wonder what uh i wonder if 18 is two let me check. You uh, also got to remember that 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 sixth hole is so fucking tight. That's like part of what makes it so hard. Yeah, look at that. The eighteenth hole is the two number two handicap. Yeah, and then so it doesn't have to be odds and evens. But I think I forget why I heard that on the front. Like one is almost always on the front. I don't know if it's a rule or just like yeah. generally that's how it goes. Yeah, because that's what I mean. Like, I personally think the 18th hole is the hardest hole in the course because it's a split fairway. And it's like there's a creek at like 250 yards from the tees. So it's like the the break in the fairway is also probably at like 205. So like you either have to lay it back shorter than 205 try and take on the creek with the driver and get it over and you're still in the rough because then the 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 fairway doesn't pick up probably until about 260 with the creek at 250 so it's like 
if you if you lay it back to say 190, now you have a like a 215 yeah, yard shot into far. the green. That's too far. Yeah, it's hard. I, I again, I think it's the hardest hole in the course. I don't think I've ever made par on that hole. It could also be a dumb hole. Yeah, it could be. I think the best I've ever played it was almost by accident. I pumped a driver onto the twelfth fairway, <laughs> and then oh, that could be in play. And then hit, I love doing shit like that. Hit a shot from the twelfth fairway over the trees, like short of the green on eighteen, and then chipped it on, and I think two putted for bogey. <laughs> I think that's the best I've ever played that hole. Does 18 play downhill? Uh, no, I would say it's slight uphill. Oh, that hole's just a bitch then. Yeah. yeah. Tough hole. All right. I got to piss. Yep. All right. So <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks for watching. Again, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, like, rate, review if you're an audio-only guy. Tell everybody you know about the show. Uh, you can get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod on Twitter at sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook is sarcasm speaks website, sarcasmspeaks.com. Go to the merch store, buy some merch, then go to moonbrew.com. Use the promo code Jared one, six, one, five, nine to get 10% off your order over at moonbrew. Uh, get some sleep tea, sleep great. Uh, then you can go to grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code sarcasm pod to get 10% off your order. Every single time you check out. Uh, the best cooking stuff you can find in the world over at grillyourassoff.com. Uh, and then lastly, we have mybookie.com uh, where you can use that promo code sarcasmpod again to double your first deposit up to $1,000 over there. So until next time, good night, everybody. Good night.